0: And welcome to wherever you may be part of the 90 min podcast network over the next 20 minutes or so we're going to be talking all things chelsea my name is olivia Bazaglo, and joining me today is charlie and Chris davis we're going to get straight into it and um, we're going to be discussing manchester united first and then looking ahead to liverpool but first charlie nil nil man united i predicted it did you
1: i knew it wasn't going to be an open game um i didn't quite think it would be that dull um or that low scoring anyway um but I think it, you know it was a bit like two bold fellas fighting over a cone, wasn't it? Um, neither side uh, had that cutting edge. We certainly like that. I think Man United like that very badly. Um, and I think what it did is showed the flaws of not only the two teams but of the Premier League. I mean, these are two of the most informed sides. Man United, are second in the table, we've shot up in the last month or so, and really the quality on display was nothing um and i think apart from manchester city being the obvious example i don't think there's a great deal of quality on the show in the entire in the entirety of the premier league at the minute
0: yeah Chris, were you surprised by man united's approach or did you did you feel like they came for a draw and they got a draw in the end and were you disappointed with say chelsea's approach or like what did you make of the team selection as well
2: yeah, I think it's a little of column A, a little of column B there. Um, I think, yeah, always the result was, a, a draw was always going to be a better result for United. Um, they're, they're quite comfortably ahead of us. Um, we It was a game we needed to win, really, to, to shut that gap. And I think if you look at the results since um, since uh, United lost 6-1 to Spurs in the big games, they have drawn 0-0 in pretty much all of them, I think, apart from losing to arsenal. So I think <laughs> that that was always on the cards that they were going to play like that, especially with, um, McTominay and Fred starting, he even kind of rushed McTominay into the starting lineup, I think, to, to kind of ensure he had those two together, which he usually does when he wants to shut out in a big game sure. but, um, yeah, I, Chelsea were just blunt again, really. I thought, um, it was a strange timing to drop Timo Werner. I thought he actually could have done some damage against, um, Lindelof and Maguire with the ball on the ground. It seems just a bit, a bit of an odd time to take him out of of the team, really. Um, because I think, yeah, obviously Giroud on merit after that goal against um, against Atletico started, but I think what I felt after the game is that Tuchel has uh, missed an opportunity to sort of experiment with his side more against weaker teams, and now he's kind of got his hands tied going into these big games and sticking with sticking with five at the back and uh, we're just with the players we have we're just nowhere near creative enough in my opinion
0: yeah Charlie he obviously brought Ziek in and Ziek hasn't been um he hasn't had the greatest of sort of periods um at Chelsea he obviously started well and um Chilwell came back in does it help what did you make of one first Chilwell and Hakim Ziek's performance but also does it help with Tuchel we know that he's a coach that likes to change things but he seems to be changing things quite a lot
1: I mean, yeah, I I agree with Chris. I was very surprised to see Timo Werner not in the starting lineup. Zayec had a poor game, I thought. um, But I feel that his attributes are better used wider than he was. I think a player of his ability, of his particular skill set, I think it gets too clogged in the middle. And I think that ball, that diagonal ball over the top from Zayec towards Werner running in on the left, that was killing teams in October. Um and him playing in this kind of quasi number ten role, I don't think that's I don't think it plays to his strengths. Um I don't think his off the ball movement is good enough to be playing there. That's more of like a Mason Mount type role who's as we know, off the ball movement is exemplary. But Zaych is a kind of a bit more of a Mercurial talent and um I think it was a bit of a waste of time playing in there, if I'm honest. And I think if if this formation is gonna be the one he uses going forward, I'm not sure that Ziyech will get a great deal of time on the pitch um Chilwell I was pleased to see back in the team um I think he should start ahead of Alonso even if playing left wing back as opposed to the left back isn't ideal for him I you know I think young English players we spent 50 million pounds on should be in the team over um Alonso although he has his merits has his very obvious flaws as well and um you know, doesn't really have much business being in a top, top side every week.
0: Yeah, and um, I thought Ben Chilwell had a quite a good game. You know, he created the only chance, the only real chance I'd say we had, which was the yeah. Hackins EX shot, which is a really good De Gea hey, save. Um, But also one player that wasn't in the squad altogether. Now, we weren't sure if he'd recovered from an ankle injury or whatever, but Thomas Tuchel actually came out, Krish, and said after the game that he has to pick 16 or 18 players and he's got 21 players in his squad. And he actually left Tammy Abraham out purely because... He he had enough play. He basically picked other players ahead of him. What did you make of that? Him not being in the squad altogether, and there's been slight rumours, hasn't there, today circulating about sort of his future and stuff like that. That's going to be really damaging for him, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Tuchel's already shown that he's he's got that ruthless streak with the way um, he handled Callum Hudson-Odoi last week. I think that shows that um, if you if you have one moment where you're not in the squad, or you get hooked, it's not necessarily the end of the world. He he could very easily start against Liverpool, um, and he'll be back in the team. I think he he's was showing early on that he will send you a message if he's not quite happy with the way you're operating at any certain point in time. Um, although I'm I'm not uh, comp- like I'm one of the people who's not entirely convinced by Tammy, but I think actually he probably would have been quite useful against United with. That extra bit of pace and his height, um, because United struggle with both those things at the back, I reckon. Um, but for uh, one of my problems with Tammy is for such a tall player, he's and we, we uh, I think we still do. Um, we're like we have the most crosses into the box in yeah, the league. I know. And he's he's a player who can't he doesn't score enough headed goals for me for a player of his his height and stature. Um. But yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to have have some alternative because he he doesn't seem to want to play Werner down the middle.
0: And um, um, what? Sorry, Chris, just a second. What irritated me about that about that game? Not even was that Tammy wasn't on the pitch. Was that we started whipping great balls into the box when Olivier Giroud wasn't?
2: Yeah. Yeah. What is yeah. Point? That, was that one into the back stick <laughs> where Werner gambled, wasn't there? And then somehow the ref gave a, a goal kick when Lindley it's was he yeah. cleared it. Because really well, we but...
1: it's because we finally bought Reese James on, who should have been playing from the start.
2: Yeah, Reece James,
0: but, the, but this is the problem, isn't it, Charlie? With that formation, is that if he really likes Callum Hudson-Odoi, Callum Hudson-Odoi has been played as a wing back. Callum Hudson-Odoi isn't a wing back. Reese James arguably is a wing back or is a right back wing back. So it, it's really difficult to fit all these players in. You think that's Reese James, Hudson-Odoi, and Hakim Ziyech that all are occupying one position there to get the best out of those players? And yeah, it's well gonna—it's just. Oh.
1: Sorry, I mean this. This is the problem that Chris touched on by playing three at the back. You know, mm. there's. N- <laughs> you run out of you run out of, of slots for our yeah. incredibly expensive array of attacking <laughs> talent, and um, just on Tammy, I think um, I think he gets a really bad rap sometimes. I think mm. <laughs> you know he's 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 the club's top scorer this season, um, yeah. and I don't <laughs> I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I don't think he was that bad against Southampton when he was bought off, and it was like mm. um, Tisha sure going mad. I thought he was occupying. De- I think he was occupying space and occupying defenders for players like Werner and Mount to run into, and that's kind of the whole point of that number nine role. If if you play in the way that we are playing, um, and I agree, I think he would have been good against Man United, and it, and it really annoys me to see. I mean, some of the things you read today it seems like an almost foregone conclusion that he's um, not going to be at the club for the foreseeable future, and I, and I um, I think a player of his age, a striker of his age, with the goals that he has scored, I, you know, I, I think it's a jewel in the crown. He, He's not the finished article. He's not, you know, uh, the ideal striker, but, you know, he's very young. Um, you could compare any number of great players, any number of great strikers and see their goal records at the same age and they would compare very unfavorably to Tammy Abraham. And I, I just think we need to be backing him a little bit more as a club.
0: Yeah, I... Chris, do you think his his record against the big six comes into account here? Because he scored a lot of goals and fair play to Tammy at such a young age, you know, being the club's top scorer, I think last season and this season. um, I think he's been great. And I, I agree with Charlie. I think he gets quite a lot of stick for someone that's got quite a good goal scoring record, especially, you know, in his first couple of seasons at Chelsea properly. But he doesn't do it against the big six enough. Would you say that's a fair statement?
2: I think that's fair yeah but I, also, I completely agree with Charlie actually like he's um, that is the main thing is that he's young and developing and I think mm. because of the transfer ban and other factors he's been thrust into this position where he is basically one of two players who sort of share our main striker position we don't have a striker who is nailed on to start every game and score every game or every other game which is I think what you sort of need at, at this level um, I think that is where the, the Erling Haaland rumours come from. I think in yeah. the summer, that is when it will become clear that um, if we do pursue that avenue, then um, we will have that star starting striker and then Tammy will be able to develop as the um, kind of backup option to to that man. Um, and I think that will actually be quite good if, good for him because I think um, Charlie's right that he was sort of discredited last season despite the fact... That he was coming in from um, a championship loan, where he'd been absolutely uh, far, like on fire, and started mm-hmm. really well in the Premier League, and it's it was never going to be easy for uh, for him to maintain that, and no one should really have expected that. Um, so yeah, I I, I don't. Uh, hopefully, they don't send him out on loan, which obviously we have a, a habit of doing. Um, I don't think there's. We should read into the rumors too much. I think it's just sort of reactionary press to to what happened at the weekend. But um, yeah, we shall see it, I suppose.
0: Yeah, Tammy hopefully has got a big part to play in um, in this large part, um, this end part of the season, sorry. Um, right, okay, there was one massive talking point. I think we have to touch on it before we look ahead to the Liverpool game. Um, if that penalty, Charlie, that didn't get given, uh, Hudson's away handball, how did you feel about that? When you first saw it, did you think it was a penalty? And how would you feel if that was down the other end in our in their box?
1: Yeah, two different questions. Um, <laughs> no, I—I uh, I mean, at the time, I obviously thought it wasn't a penalty. You know, I—I I, I thought yeah. um, it hit Greenwood's arm first. That's what everyone watching and everyone at the ground thought. Um, on, you know, when you slow the replay down a million times, it—you know—it did—it did touch um, Hudson Odoi's hand as it went yeah. onto Greenwood's arm. But I mean, I mean, this is the this is the VAR thing. Without VAR there's no way like people wouldn't have even remembered that yeah 30 seconds on i mean it was it was bizarre to me like we actually had an attack after that and you know had a shot saved or whatever it was mm. and then and then they brought it back you know a minute later and then we were sort of waiting for another three minutes i mean it's just i mean it's, it's the modern way isn't it but I, I, it just wasn't as big a flashpoint i know sky sports were kind of desperate to <laughs> make it this massive massive thing and get, you know, um, and the commentary uh, was talking about it for the for the rest of the game. Um, probably the lack of anything else to talk about, but it I, it just wasn't this massive flashpoint to me. I don't, I, you know, Hudson Odoi didn't move his arm to get the ball. He moved his arm to kind of try and shield his position from Greenwood. And um, yeah, I I I, I don't I don't think I'd be ranting and raving if that was you know Zayech and Lindelof at the other end. Yeah.
0: What about you, Krish? What did you think of it? Because, yeah, I think most people... I think it's one of those where some people think it was, some people think it wasn't, and therefore it couldn't have been a clear and obvious error, could it?
2: Yeah, I think with the rules now, that is a penalty. But uh, at the same time, it's not the kind of one we want to see given. And I thought, yeah, Charlie's completely right. They they shouldn't have even stopped the game because for, for, Mm. for once, the referee actually had a really good view of it and clearly made he, he will have seen yeah. that that hit Hudson Adoy's hand and he made the judgment call first time around that that wasn't a penalty that's that's how refereeing should be done you should say really and then he's obviously been told to review it followed obeyed that and then stuck with the same decision because yeah when you see the VAR replay you can see the referee has got such a good view and uh, yeah i think he was right to right to stand by that
0: Right, okay, perfect. Now now let's look ahead to this massive game on Thursday that could have huge implications in the race for the top four. Charlie, is this as black and white as if Chelsea don't win this game, they're not going to get top four or, or not just yet? Uh,
1: not just yet. I think there's a lot of football to be played. I, I, I think there's teams up there who have got losing games in them. Um, and I think we are capable of putting together a run that, that puts us in that top four. But there's no doubt about it, it is a a massive game.
0: Actually, is this a good time to play Liverpool? Is Is there ever a good time to play Liverpool? Because we know from doing this pod that, you know, when Chelsea play teams are on a bad run, Arsenal this season, we gave them three points. Even Southampton more recently, they got one point out of the last 27. And who did that come against? Chelsea. Now, of course, Liverpool won their last game, but have lost four on the bounce at Anfield, which is absolutely crazy when you think of this Liverpool side. Is this a good time to play them, or is it a dangerous time to play them, potentially?
2: Yeah. Um, I think there's probably not ever a particularly good time to play Liverpool. I think our record in recent years isn't great against them. Um, and as you say, I think we're just making things a, a bit hard for ourselves at the moment, um, especially scoring goals. Uh, like I just would love to sit through a, a really, really comfortable... Three or four <laughs> one, which is it, we'll... f- it feels like an age since we've had one, you know, and uh, obviously th- I don't expect that to change uh, on Thursday. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, where we can get out of them is the, the sort of youth, now youthful defence with if he goes with um, Nat Phillips alongside Ozanka back, that I mean, I imagine he's going to draft Werner back in um, and should give them a test. and. Yeah, on the back of what we have just said about Tammy Abraham, I'd quite like to see Tammy start a bit of an injection of pace, someone who can be a bit more physical with them, because um, I think Quebec's already showing that he's struggling a bit um, with the physicality. He is only uh, 18 or 19, I think, so that's that's fair enough. But um, yeah, to be honest, I, I don't have particularly high hopes. I think it's going to be another tough game, and in all honesty, I could see another nil-nil the way we're going, and I think Liverpool would probably take that, considering that home record that you've mentioned.
0: I mean, yeah, they. I think they, they go above us if they win, of course. Um, Charlie, Krish mentioned there the physicality and perhaps, you know, Kabak struggling and Nat Phillips coming in. Timo Werner caused Liverpool problems in the first, you know, it's one of the first games of the season, albeit after that red card, we sort of struggled a little bit. But do you not think, Krish says there, Tammy, would someone like Giroud, who, who knows the game and is so physical and brilliant in the air, do you not think a player like Giroud could bully these two centre-backs?
1: Um, yes, I think he could. I think I think he will start, actually um i think uh tuchel has clearly kind of put him as the man for the big big games um i think it's more more a statement of how he sees werner and more a statement of how he sees abraham to be honest um but i do i do think jerusalem will play i agree with chris i mean i'm I'm not particularly looking forward to it i kind of i'd be very surprised if we score more than once and i think they, they'll be kind of out for blood i think they they'll be able to use this game i think a win over chelsea would be such a statement that they're kind of back and ready to finish in the top 4 they have been appalling recently so we we do have a chance to get at them but i i do think they'll look at us as beatable they know, they know that player for player particularly with their attack against our defence that they, they know that player for player they they can win and i think um it would be such a statement for Klopp to do so um and yeah i'm a little bit worried about it anyways.
2: it's interesting that um uh, Tuchel said before, I think before the United game, that uh, he Werner doesn't strictly fit into the the style of play at the moment, mm-hmm. and there was all that chat about him being brought in to get the the German new German signings playing, um, and I think yeah. Werner responded by saying it's like good that he can now communicate clearly and say exactly what the problem is, and then to drop him like straight yeah. after that. Um, and then stick so rigidly to this style is a bit odd. I must say, like, is it's way too early to question a manager, obviously. But um, I do think he needs to find a way of being a bit more attackive bit bit more attacking, and, and kind of finding a point to our to our attack. Uh, and I don't see as we, as we've gone over, I just don't see him doing that with with five at the back. But I don't again. I don't think this will be the game where he changes it because obviously there's probably too much at stake. But I think maybe there was a wasted opportunity against. Uh, Southampton or or Burnley in the earlier games in his tenure, but we'll see what he does on, on Thursday.
0: I think Thursday's also he's got a massive decision to make. I mean, he's always got decisions to make, but Thiago Silva was pictured back in training today, which makes me think, you know, he, it's it's Tuesday, so he's, he will be available for Thursday. To be fair, Andreas Christensen, Charlie, has been brilliant you know he stepped up and and, and he's put in some really solid performances notably that one against Atletico Madrid but even yesterday um um was it yesterday uh sorry Sunday against Manchester United um who who, who does he play does, does he drop Christensen does he does he play them both what does he do
1: it would be hard to drop Christensen you're right he he, he has done well I think if Thiago Silva's fit he has to play yeah. um in particularly in these big games um, and that is kind of the position in him I mean that whether he's that suited to a back three is probably open for debate I think that Christensen position is probably the natural one so I think potentially Thiago Silva might not play I think Tuchel would be quite happy with the way that that back three acquitted themselves against Man United I have question marks over all three of them uh, as long term options or you know even first choice options Um but I, I think it would be it would be a difficult argument against any of those three, particularly as Thiago Silva wouldn't actually play in the middle, so not to get kind of exposed um, on either of the flanks. Um, and that, that obviously means leaving Christensen out. But um, he has played very well. He has equated himself very well in two big games. So he does deserve to start on Thursday.
0: And, and Christian, I think it's, it's quite a big topic of conversation, you know, Thiago Silva, one of Chelsea's players, players of the season has been absolutely brilliant. We just look better with him in our side. What What would you do?
2: Yeah, um, I, I agree with Charlie. I think Christensen was really, that was like, I think probably the best I've seen him play, I would say against mm. United. But having said that, they didn't pose us much of a threat and I'm sure um, Liverpool at home will pose us a lot more of a threat. So there, there's that to consider. Um, I would like him to spring a surprise and just play fewer centre backs altogether, but I don't again, <laughs> again. I don't think it will happen. Um, and yeah, I think maybe yeah, uh, if, if he's happy with how they've been going, he will he will just sit with it and not risk Tiago because I think um, I was expecting Tiago back last weekend. I think he was already picked in training with Havertz. Um, yeah, and they obviously they obviously jumped the gun a bit on that. So I think he must have had a recurrence or something. Um, so yeah, I think there'll be. They'll be reticent to rush him back, um, but uh, yeah, I think defence isn't our issue at the moment. Put it that way.
1: I, I I think the problem, the one of the problems is, and I I, I remember saying this at the start of the season when Silver signed. I don't think having Aspillaqueta and Silver in the same defence is beneficial, particularly because you the, what you've got, you've got two players in their thirties, both of whom are quite short, and. I, I knew Lampard wouldn't use Azpilicueta right back if Silva was going to play on the right-hand side of a defence. And I just wonder whether playing... I just wonder whether Tuchel's thinking the same, whether you can really play Azpilicueta and Silva in the same back three. And, I mean, my, my argument for that is just don't play Azpilicueta because, I, I, you know, I don't think... I don't think he's good enough anymore, frankly. But I, I, I just wonder whether that go whether that's part of the thinking.
0: Charlie, hear me out here. What about Reece James as a third centre back?
1: Yeah, I'd be, I'd be all for that. I think that's one of the biggest shames over the past few weeks is the marginalisation of one of the most exciting young players I've ever mm. seen at Chelsea. Um, excellent. He's, he's excellent. I, I do think, I do think that would kind of rob him of some of that crossing and, and and some of what he gives the team i mean you think, Charlie, you think when we we're playing
2: really well Sorry, go ahead. it's another way the the formation is hamstringing us a bit isn't it like because yeah. that means yeah hudson adoy doesn't play like all obviously all chelsea supporters want to see the young players playing and in this formation does not permit for them all to get on the pitch it's one of but- the difficulties really
0: Charlie, we've seen As equator getting forward so much. You know, he, he scored even a goal for us this season. But he does have that third centre back. When you play three at the back, it almost allows when the ball's on that side for, for that right centre back to go flying forward. And, and that's where you could get a really good dynamic with Reese James and Hudson Odoi or Reece James and Hakim Ziyech. But it doesn't seem like Tuchel's going down that route. But but it, it does allow for those players to get forward.
1: It it does it does. You're right. I just I just wonder in the big games whether that would highlight some of his deficiencies Reece James would would kind of put him under the put him under too much pressure i mean james and Zayac, when we were playing really well in that spell of four or five games they developed a brilliant understanding where zaice mm. would kind of cut in and james would bomb around the outside but obviously you know things were things were a lot different
0: yeah definitely right i mean talking of defense though because um Ari perala Great name. Um has basically tweeted in asking it, just you guys a few questions. Um now, Charlie, you we mentioned three at the back um before and that you know maybe that's not the right formation for this Chelsea side. Well he's asked he he said, I don't understand your issue with three at the back. With Antonio we won the league, um and we were not good defensively with the players we have when we played four at the back. He thinks we have huge issues with our fullbacks. Now, when I look at fullbacks and I think Ben Chilwell and Rhys James, I think they're fine as to play as fullbacks. I think it's the centre backs that are the issue when it's four at the back. What do you think?
1: Well, I agree with you. This fella's actually added me. He's had a proper go here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get, get him on. Get him to argue his point. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the the my issue with the three at the back is, is what we've what we've been discussing the last half hour. It's that it, you know, we lack so much creativity. It's too cautious. I don't think either of the three. I don't think any of the current three that are playing. And would necessarily be in my first choice Chelsea team. Not, not that that matters. Um, I don't. I, I don't think the fullbacks are the issue. I think, especially if you've got a uh, Thiago Silva and Kurt Zuma, who I'm, you know, I'm really mm-hmm. not sure what's happened over the last two months with him. He 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 was fantastic over the, you know, the first few months of the season. Yeah. Particularly if you've got them defending well, as as they as they were after that slight wobble at the well i say slight after that ridiculous wobble at the start of the season mm-hmm. um i think it does allow ben chilwell who is still a very young player um and is particularly you know um young in terms of his career at a very top club and Reese james i think that does allow them to um make the odd mistake um particularly when you've got someone like silver marshall in the back i'm i was perfectly happy with that with that back four um those uh, those ones obviously that's all been changed and I I just I it doesn't leave you with a lot of options going forward Um, particularly as well when you don't have the combative midfielder that you need you know you don't you don't have the solid midfield that you need to be able to say play like a, a, a traditional front three with wingers because invariably we're going to have Jorginho and Kovacic in the middle uh, which isn't competitive enough and i was really pleased seeing see kante start um the other day
0: uh right from you know the defense let's go to the and um, the forward line because um so I say, love your podcast thank you very much um it's always good to hear and um, now he's, he's redeemed about himself ma- there. he's redeemed <laughs> himself he has um so he's talking about mason mount um and obviously, the Mason amount against, I mean, pretty much in every game this season, we've been saying is the Mason Mount we all love. Um, Serena Vass has said what, he's an amazing talent and, of course, works really hard. But what he lacks is that final pass. Krish, isn't this what every Chelsea attacker lacks at the moment? Because I look at there and think, who is our most creative player? We need someone to step up. But every single time, no matter who it is that gets the ball, that final pass is just lacking from absolutely everyone, isn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think we're just lacking that guile generally in the final third at the moment. Um, and having said everything that we've said, if we're thinking this, like I imagine Tuchel himself would have been immensely frustrated not to have taken three points on Sunday. Therefore, he should be... I mean, yeah, I think he's acknowledged it in presses as well, actually, that he knows that we're just having an issue scoring goals and that should therefore lead to a change. Um, again whether he'll make that against Liverpool or beyond we we'll, we shall see. But I think um now he's got players back to fitness. Uh he's having a bit more time to work for them. Hopefully um we'll just see a bit more um kind of uh what's the word? Um, just a bit more understanding between those those front mm-hmm. players. And I think there's once we've kind of gone past this stretch of fixtures where we need to be more defensive perhaps or that was his thinking then we can play a different formation and play a bit of freedom because i think he's obviously come in seen that the one of the first jobs he needed to do was stabilize the defense and his method of doing that was turning to a, a five at the back which is fine but i think we've got to the point now where the defenders are confident again the center backs have played themselves in some form and now would be a nice time to sort of take the foot off the brakes a bit and chuck in another attacking player and uh, have a bit more of a go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right. Chris, Charlie, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. That's all we've got time for today, though. Thank you so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Um, Subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard. Now, we will be back again later this week, potentially to discuss that Liverpool game. Depends how it goes. (laughs) Um, But it's a good goodbye from us and we'll see you all next time here on Wherever You May Be.